Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now, Jacob doesn't know whether or not to believe his sons. In fact, he, he doesn't believe his sons. He doesn't believe his sons. In fact, he never believed his sons. He never believed his sons when when they led him to believe that some wild beast had killed Joseph. uh, Jacob always believed that his sons killed Joseph. That's what he always believed, that that he always believed that his sons had killed his favorite son, Joseph. So after Jacob is now listening to his sons, telling that it was Joseph, that they were talking about, and that Joseph was yet alive, this is the point where Jacob said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You sent me Joseph's coat that was all torn up and had blood all over it. You were the ones who said you found it in the field. You led me to believe that Joseph was killed by this wild animal. What do you mean Joseph is yet alive? Now, here it's what's not written in the text that's so interesting, because it, this has got to be the place where the brothers just did some serious confession of their sins and of the treachery and how they had tricked their father into believing a lie, deceived him, and, and practically killed their father for years with grief, not to mention all the pain and the suffering that they caused Joseph by selling him as a slave into Egypt. And, and for that matter, who knows if Joseph even elaborated on the whole false accusation issue with Potiphar's wife and being cast into prison, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this has got to be where they confess their sin of treachery to Jacob and what they had done to Joseph. It's got to be here. And they, 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 they had to come clean with their father. I mean, the days of lying to their father, it's over for them. And, and they're not going to try to pull off a would-you-believe Joseph got out of the fight alive with the animal and so forth. So they just told Jacob the truth about what happened. Now, however they packaged it, whatever they said, Jacob didn't buy it. Jacob didn't buy it at all. I mean, poor Jacob, he's just paralyzed when he hears this. He's paralyzed with doubt and fear, and his heart is overwhelmed. I mean, it's just too much. And you can see at the verse 26 when it says, Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. You know, you can see this link between fainting and not believing or unbelief. I mean, the reason is given there of why Jacob fainted is because he didn't believe them. He didn't believe them. And that's the reason why we faint as well. It's because of unbelief. I mean, this link between fainting and unbelief, it's brought out David brings it out, brought it out in Psalm 27, 13. Psalm 27, 13, 
where David said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And what is the land of the living? That's heaven. What is earth? It's the land of death. But what is the heaven? Heaven is the land of the living. We live in the land of death. But the hope of heaven that keeps us from, it's that hope that keeps us from fainting. It's the hope of heaven. So when Jacob hears that Joseph was yet alive, his response is in verse 26, he believed them not. And it's interesting that that Jacob, he did believe his sons when they told him Joseph was dead, in essence, but he doesn't believe them now when he says Joseph is alive. I mean, it's just, you know, what, what, what it kind of looks like here is that Jacob is more open to receive and believe bad news than he is to receive and believe good news. Now, isn't that the way it is with us? Isn't that the way it is with us? We're more open to receive to receive and believe bad news than we are to to to, to open to re, to receive and, and and believe good news. I mean, we accept what discourages us, and we we just don't really receive what encourages us. Well, anyway, it's pretty clear that Jacob did not trust his sons, and we re, when we read what the, what the sons told him, they told him in verse twenty seven. It says, and they told him all the words that of Joseph, which he had said unto them. There's an emphasis there. You know, he told them all the words which Joseph had said unto him. It shows that the brothers, they took seriously that, 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 that they were on this mission by Joseph, the Lord, far away from them and, and Canaan, and they were being faithful. They were being faithful to Joseph. And, and it shows us, how, like the brothers, we've been sent by our Lord far away, and we need to be faithful, like the, like, like, like the brothers were, to tell all the words that we should say, especially the lost. That's our mission. And when it says that, 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 that they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them, it shows us something here, that Joseph, that, that, that the brothers were speaking for Joseph, and, 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 and later, when Jacob would see the wagons and finally believe them, then he would know that the brothers were really speaking for Joseph. I mean, Jacob would look at his sons, and, and it, finally, when he does believe, he's going to look at his sons and he say, they're speaking for Joseph. I mean, th- this scene here in verse 26 of, you know, they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. It reminds me when I was in elementary school and, and junior high school. And, and, you know, we used to have these school plays, and, you know, that we had to perform in the auditorium. And all the parents would come and sit in the seats, you know, and, and there was a curtain there. And all of us kids would be lined up, you know, by the teacher and, and, and before the curtain opened. And, and our teacher would stand off to the side, you know, so they couldn't see her there. And she told, she would tell us, don't be scared because she's going to be right on the side there, hidden from view, and, and we'd be able to hear her. Yeah. And then the moment came when the, when the curtain would open and we'd see all those people out there and our parents and we'd be terrified. And, and our, I mean, our class was really like Spanky and our gang because <laughs> none of us kids could remember our lines. And when we'd get out there and the curtain would open and see the parents and that 
big crowd. We'd just freeze. We just would freeze. And just like Marta, our teacher standing off the side there, she would whisper loudly our lines. And we could all hear her whisper loudly, to be or not to be. <laughs> and we'd all take a deep breath and, and say, to be or not to be, and then wait for the next line for her to tell us what it was. I mean, it was so obvious that, that, that those lines were not coming from us. You know, we were just following what the teacher was saying uh, because everyone could hear her whispering loudly <laughs> to us. I, I mean, I used to think, you know, the audience surely knows that the teacher is cueing us so, with all of our lines. They all knew that, we, you know, we couldn't remember complicated Shakespeare lines. We were just kids, you know. My elementary school was West Hollywood uh, Elementary School. My, my junior high was Emerson Junior High School. And some of my classmates were David Cassidy, who just died, and, and, and John Landon, who went on to show business. And, and, and who could tell that, that, that this kid, David Cassidy or John Landon, were going to have a career in reciting lines? Couldn't tell it there. <laughs> well, that's the way it was for Jacob. He was listening to his sons to recite their lines, and it was so clear, it was so clear to Jacob that Joseph was speaking through his sons when his son spoke. Jacob could hear Joseph whispering loudly on the sidelines when his son spoke. Now, this scene in verse 26 of they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them, that's a picture for us of how we need to listen to the Bible, of how we need to listen to preaching, of how we need to listen to the words of the hymns. We need to listen just like Jacob listened to his sons, and he heard Joseph speaking through his sons. And so what Jacob did was he saw beyond his sons speaking, and Jacob heard Joseph speaking through his sons. And Jacob saw beyond his sons and heard Joseph speaking through them. And that's how we need to be. Just like Jacob, listening to his sons, but hearing Joseph speak through his sons. We need to be like Jacob when we read the Bible, listening to the words of the Bible, but hearing the Lord Jesus Christ in the words of the Bible or through the words of the Bible. We need to hear beyond the pages of the Bible to hear the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us through the Bible. Just like Jacob, who listened to his son speaking, but he heard Joseph speaking through them. And in the same way that Jacob listened to his sons, but heard Jacob speaking through his sons, we need to do that with preaching, with preaching. We need to be like Jacob and listen to the person preaching like today when Sam preaches and hear the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us through Sam, just like Jacob listened to his sons and heard Joseph speaking to him through them. And we need to be like Jacob and listen to the words of the hymns today and hear the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to, to us through those hymns, just like Jacob listened to his sons and heard Joseph speaking to him. So all this is a picture of, 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 the, of the art or the practice of seeing beyond, seeing beyond. And this is what Jacob did with his sons. He saw beyond 
Jacob listened to his sons, and he saw beyond and heard Joseph. He saw beyond his sons to Joseph. And that's a practice that we need to develop. It's a practice that we need to, to have when we read the Bible, when we listen to preaching, when we, when we, when we sing hymns. It's this practice of seeing beyond. And it's so beautifully put in the hymn, Break Thou the Bread of Life. Because there's this one stanza in it that really expresses it when it's, when it says, Beyond the sacred page, I seek thee, Lord. My spirit pants for thee, O living word. And that's how we see ourselves in verse 26, as Jacob practicing, as Jacob, and, and it comes back the challenge to us to practice this art of seeing beyond. But we can see also in verse 26, as the brothers, as the brothers were there, we look at the brothers, so we've seen how we should be like Jacob and see beyond, but we also see in verse 26 how we should be like the brothers. They were so accurate in what they were repeating in their lives, they were repeating. And then jo- because Joseph had gone over with, over with them meticulously, but when it says they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And you know, the Bible contains a script. The Bible contains a script, and we are to tell the lost that script. And in that sense, we're just like the brothers, and we need to be faithful to tell all the words that, uh, that it says about them, all the words of Joseph, which we had said unto them. And God wants us to do that in verse 26, to tell the lost what, the, what, 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 what it says. I mean, what, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that our that man is in an absolute lost condition without the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only hope for man. He's the only way to heaven. He's the only truth about how man in his lost state is gonna get to heaven. He's the only life. And the Bible's very specific when it comes to this restriction. The Bible makes it clear, there are not many ways to God. There aren't. There are many ways to the Lord Jesus Christ, but there are not many ways to God. There's only one way to God through him. And, but the world says, no, the world says, no, there are many ways to heaven. The world says that, look, all of the world's major religions all have their own ways to reach God in heaven. And that's what the world says. And that's deception that the people around us are under. And, and God has called us to state clearly the truth as the Bible tells the truth, and that truth is that there's only one way to heaven. There's only one, one, one way, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's the only person who can bring anyone from their sin to, their re, to redemption. He's the only person who can bring them from eternal death, which will eventuate in hell, to eternal life in heaven, from earth to heaven. He's the only one. He alone is the only way. And the Bible leaves no room for exceptions or alternative roads to heaven. And, and it's up to us to be just like the brothers and to tell it like it is, to tell the Bible like it is. When it says in Acts 4.12, Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That means there's no salvation in Buddha. There's no salvation in Allah. There's no salvation in anyone else. There's only in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we have one message from the Bible, and it's 1 Corinthians 1.23. 1 Corinthians 1.23, we preach Christ crucified. That's it. We preach the person of the Lord Jesus Christ 
crucified. Unto the Jews, a stumbling block. Unto the Greeks, foolishness. But it doesn't matter. That's what our message is. It's plain, it's plain, it's simple. Christ died for our sins. That's why it's important for us when we witness to the lost to say exactly what the Bible says because God speaks through his Bible like it says in Titus 2.1, Titus 2.1, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. You know, it reminds me of a flight I took one time and I, I, I soon learned that I was sitting next to a, a JW, JW. I don't like to call them Jehovah Witnesses. Why? Because they're not witnesses of Jehovah Jesus. And we're told in 1 John 4, 3, that 1 John 4, 3, John wrote, every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, but this is that spirit of Antichrist. So, and John made it very clear that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Word and the Word is God. So when a person says that, the, that Jesus Christ was not God come in the flesh, which is what the JWs say, then according to 1 John 4, 3, that person is speaking for Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, or the spirit of Satan. So if anything, they're not Jehovah Witnesses, they're more like Satan's witnesses. So on this flight, anyway, I didn't tell the lady that, but anyway, on this flight, I was sitting next to a JW on the plane, and she told me that she had just lost her brother, And then she went on to say, I'm a Jehovah Witness, and we feel that people don't go to hell. And I told her, that's the problem. The problem is you feel what you believe rather than read in the Bible what to believe. And the Bible's message is clear and specific. All men have sinned. They're on their way to hell. The Lord Jesus Christ is God. He became a man. All of our sins were laid on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he was wounded for our transgressions. The Lord Jesus Christ alone justifies and brings to heaven anyone who comes to him as a sinner, trusting in his blood to save them from their sins. And the Lord Jesus Christ is now in great glory, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Okay, back to Canaan. Jacob did not believe his sons when they told him, Dad, Joseph is yet alive, in verse 26. And as we saw, that message made Joseph's heart faint. Now, it really looks like, like, like Jacob might have suffered some sort of life-threatening heart attack because, because in the next verse, 27, it says that the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And that word spirit is the word ruach, the Hebrew word ruach, which can be translated breath. As a matter of fact, breath of life, we have it in Genesis six seventeen when it says, and behold, I even I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life, ruach of life from under heaven, and everything that is under the earth shall die. So it appears when his sons told him that, jo- that jo- Joseph was still alive, it looks like he lost the breath of life. It looks like, it, in other words, he may have suffered a life-threatening heart attack when it says in verse 26 that Jacob's heart fainted. At least for me, it would have been a fib, <laughs> okay? And, and what revived Jacob, or the defibrillator that worked for him, 
that bring him back from the dead was verse 27, when he saw the wagons. When he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, and the spirit of Jacob their father revived. So he sees the wagons, and he comes back to life. It's the wagons. Must have been quite a sight for him, all those wagons, you know. Just picture it. I mean, there's all these Egyptians. They're driving all these wagons. They're filled with provisions. I don't know how many wagons there were, but you know, they had to carry around 50 people. So maybe each wagon, I don't know how big these wagons were, but maybe they carried five people. They had provisions in them. So maybe there were 10 wagons there. And when Jacob saw those wagons and those Egyptians driving those wagons, Jacob knew that, well, let me see now. I don't think my sons could have orchestrated this, you know. <laughs> Stories, yes. Wagons, no. And so it was the wagons that validated what the sons had said. And we can imagine how when Jacob sees his wagon, his spirit revived, and he must have turned to his, his sons and say, now, now, now tell me again, what did you mean Joseph is yet alive? He explained that more to me. Well, that's probably the time when Jacob then asked for, okay, uh, now I, I need a full explanation for how Joseph could still be alive. And, and this has got to be the place where they confess their sins to Jacob. And as horrible as those sins were, it was overshadowed by the joy of these wagons that, that had been sent. So really, it really wasn't as bad as the sons imagined it would be when they came clean with their father, what they had done. I mean, the, 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 the sons, you know, on the way there, they were imagining, boy, it's going to be terrible when we tell dad what we did. I mean, how are we ever going to be able to, 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 to withstand it? It's going to be horrible, but when it actually came time to confess what they did, it wasn't bad at all because of the wagons, the wagons. And that's the way it is for us. You know, for the sinner who imagines how horrible it's going to be to come and confess his sins to God, but it's just overshadowed by the joy of what the Lord Jesus Christ gives to him in peace and joy and happiness. I mean, have you ever really looked at the prodigal son history, the history of the prodigal son, and considered the torment that the prodigal son was went through as before he came back home, as he anticipated how horrible it was going to be when he returned home and confessed his sins to his father. I mean, just look at the anguish that the prodigal son had as he anticipated coming home when he says in Luke fifteen eighteen, Luke fifteen eighteen, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. I mean, this is what the prodigal son was saying to himself as he planned out on going home to meet his father that he had sinned against. I mean, the prodigal son had an essence, and he knew he did this. He divorced himself from his father and the family when he said, in essence, when he left, he told his father, I wish you were dead, because if you were dead, I could take my inheritance, and I could get out of this house of restrictions. And I, I mean, I love prostitutes, and I, and I love the high life and riotous living, so, so, so let's just cut it all short Forget all the family ties. Just, just, just give me the money now and let me go. That's what he did. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scanabody's Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 